0: You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All all of it. Beads.
1: Yeah. Wieners. Uh, Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. Kids.
0: Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. You ever have those uh, recordings where you're afraid you're going to say some shit that you're going to regret saying every time? Okay, good. Every single I, time. I generally do not. But this particular episode, this particular topic, whoo! I got a little, little bit of milk throat there. This particular topic, um, I'm afraid I'm going to say some things that I might not want to air. But whatever, fuck it. I mean, we can fix that. No, no, no. We're not going to fix shit. What we're going to do is we're going to be raw.
1: Raw, raw dog it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about death this go around. Yeah, cause a, a, a
0: a long time friend of ours uh had a, i mean young guy he's only 50 he's not much older than me yeah um had a heart attack on sunday and it killed him yeah and uh, his mom you know I, I don't know the circumstances who found him but his mom got his phone and it basically went through his phone tree to contact people and then of course you know People start reaching out. Hey, I didn't know if you've heard. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk about it. Not because it was not because. I guess the thing is, is that death affects everyone differently. Yeah. And um, I, it's something that we haven't addressed, you know, losing someone like that. I mean, we've talked about the dissolution of relationships, but we haven't talked about a sudden tragedy, you know, just an immediate and surprise
1: loss, like someone actually passing away. Well, I mean, I just think somebody dying in general is a, it's a big ordeal. Like it's one of those things that makes you contemplate your own mortality. It, does it? Yes. Yes.
0: It, 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 Okay. So let's just, I mean, fuck right out of the gate. It, it doesn't me.
1: Really? Yeah. So what was, what was your first like real death experience? like where somebody that was close to you died. So, if I'm being brutally and it, honest, and it was impactful. Uh never, never. So, for me, it was my grandmother who was very much like a mother figure to me and yeah. I was I was 16 years old. And uh and a couple months before that, it was my great uncle. And like both of them I was in the room when they died. And like that it that shifted my perspective in a pretty profound way and I was I was raised in such a way that death was not something that was off topic. And I had always known that it was something that happened. Mm -hmm. But that's when it really hit home that it was a very real thing is when people that were dear to me started croaking. And uh, yeah, the the one that impacted me in the most profound fashion was my grandmother. Uh, And shit, that was coming for a long time. Like she was diagnosed with cancer in 1999 and was given three months to live and ended up living for six years. Like she's one of those people that shit on cancer. She would take any kind of uh, experimental treatment and stuff like that because – She it, did all that yoga and smoked that weed? No weed, no. Uh, my dad tried to get her weed and she was she was so fucking strong-willed that she would eat anyway. Like it wasn't like she – Yeah, I remember you. We talked about this once. She, yeah. She's such a hard ass and uh, like just it's so weird because i've thought about this recently quite a bit but how much you learn from somebody after they die and like when you're getting lessons from somebody after they're gone it's really it's a big ordeal like uh my grandma died and that that was very heavy and it was a big blow to like my family because she was like the centerpiece for everybody um, and then a couple of years ago, my grandpa died and how (laughs) he was the asshole. Okay. But like, when I think of him, he was never anything but good to me. And having somebody like that in my life and that just, that loved me very much and always did a lot to show that it, it, meant so very very much to me and like i i had a couple of beers in me one night and i was like thinking about it and i was thinking about my grandma my grandpa and uh my grandpa's brother had recently passed um this was shit i've had like three family members die within the last month uh my great aunt pat my great uncle gordon my uncle steve like a bunch of people just and like it had me thinking about it and it's it's just weird like Hmm. it's it's one of those things that like i was trying to appreciate what i had learned from these people and i guess that's me getting older too so then you start thinking about everybody that you know that's died and what you can kind of take from what they did in your life and how you can implement that is in in a fashion that honors them or pays some kind of homage to them i've never thought that yeah well i'm i'm a psychopath
0: No, no. I mean you're 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 an introspective and thoughtful and kind person. I've I've just never been I mean, it's it happens with celebrities, you know. Stan Lee dies or this person dies or that person dies and people are, you know, posting their Facebook memorials and what have you. And I just I just don't care. Um when it's celebrities. I just I just don't care. I mean I didn't know them. They didn't. I mean, sure, their art impacted my life in some
1: fashion, but I just don't fucking care. Well, like Stanley was a big deal for me. Like Carrie Fisher wasn't the same ordeal that Stanley Stanley was for me. Uh, That was a big deal because it's like, okay, half of what my life has been based on for years is right that. So that that's impactful, and like somebody that basically fathered uh, subject matter that is super pertinent to me like that's that was a big ordeal so i i that was one that was like the only celebrity that's really passed that and like chester bennington I've, from oh. Lincoln Park. Oh sure, uh, yeah, that, that one. That That's one. That's because you were a dis-
0: You were disappointed that there was no one else to set a standard for shit music anymore. Uh, dude,
1: I love Lincoln Park so much.
0: Do you really? They, oh they're awful. They had been my favorite band for a long time. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Fallout Boy is the worst thing in the history of ever. You
1: know what's funny is you said that one time, and yeah. then I gave you one of their lyrics, and you're like, "That's fucking awesome." I was like, "That's Fallout Boy, bitch." Yeah. And <laughs> it was, "I am an arms dealer, fitting you with weapons in the form of words." Yeah. It's brilliant. It's a it's a it's it's a great it's a great lyric
0: and and if they hadn't ripped off the Munsters theme song to the TV show you know maybe I could tolerate them no no I couldn't they still suck (laughs) be like you could do the most brilliant lyrics in the world but it was delivered by them they could sing Modest Mouse songs and make Modest Mouse songs suck. No, Modest Mouse sucks on the I will fucking kill you. I will kill you I I will stab you in your pee hole. (laughs) First of all, I didn't say that. It was great (laughs) mocking, by the way. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I I was talking to my wife about this because our our friend Rick, who passed away just a few days ago, I... uh, Hey, there, there was a time where Rick and I were close, but we, I mean, I hadn't seen him in years. We weren't particularly, we weren't, you know, we weren't hanging out. Um, we didn't have the best relationship. Um, you know, when he, when he left the fantasy shop, um, because I ended up, you know, he hired me. At the fantasy shop, and I went from being a clerk at his store to an assistant manager at another store, to a manager at a store, to a manager at our main store, to the general manager of the company, and his boss. And that really strained our relationship.
1: I, you know, I was never particularly close to Rick. Yeah. Um, but I had been seeing Rick since I was seven years old. Yeah. And he was a fixture. He, he was. He yeah. was a fixture, and like. He was a uh, a vessel for imagination in in my life and a lot of other people and like I think that's what uh, can you can
0: you go into that arsenal of words and make that sound more pretentious? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he now was this somebody. For, for those for those of you who are listening to the show, that's when you know you really got to Chris when he was just like, shut up. That yeah. one that one stung him. I that got was irritating. Him. I, I got him on
1: that one. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be pretentious. I was trying to be articulate. Did him fucking with you. It no, was I be- know. It was beautiful. Oh okay, thanks. I mean, you're you know, whatever. Yeah. Here I am searching my vocabulary for any any thing that is remotely vessel. intelligent.
0: A vessel for imagination.
1: I thought that was good <laughs> <laughs> I love you. No, but he. Uh, if you die, I'm gonna be upset. He opened a lot of people's minds. He and did eyes to a, a world that they didn't know existed. No, he
0: was he was a wonderful, wonderful advocate for the escapism that is comic books. He absolutely was.
1: and even even games. Yeah, like uh, well, no, no, no. Like he here, he wasn't the biggest gamer in the world. He played his games. He had his games that he liked, but. You could chat with him about just about anything. Oh, sure. And he was knowledgeable enough to give you insight that was beneficial to most people.
0: Uh, I will say he, he's the person who did introduce me to uh, to Deadlands. And I'm actually running a Deadlands game right now many, many years later. because I, I started with the Fantasy Shop in 2002. And here it is, 2019, and I'm running a uh, running a Deadlands game. Deadlands Reloaded, not the original system, which Rick would admonish me for not using the original system and be disgusted by Deadlands Reloaded. But, uh, you know, he, he did give me that, and I, I appreciate that greatly. I remember being in the back of the Florissant Fantasy Shop playing Deadlands with Rick. Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
1: I, I, like with, with Rick, it was generally comic talk Mm -hmm. and I knew him better as an employee when he was a customer than I did, um, as a customer and he was the employee. So,
0: oh, so you didn't work for, you didn't work there at that shop when Rick was the store manager? No. Wow.
1: I'm fucking, I'm old and confused. No. So John Perks was a store manager when I came on wow oh, really yeah because you guys interviewed me you and john
0: yeah i uh, okay i remember yeah you know what you're right i do remember that and i do remember that because the way i talked to you in the interview
1: i would have never gotten away with that with rick rick would have been upset yeah you were basically like why why do you want to do this you were way too qualified to yeah. come here and be a clerk yeah
0: you're way too smart and you're beautiful and i mean i'm gonna put something in your butthole if you come work here
1: yeah never got anything in my butthole yeah well daniel did Who's <laughs> Daniel?
0: Daniel Wolf. Oh, uh, well, that's a story for another time. But I mean, you can still smell his sphincter on my on my thumb.
1: Oh, nice! You check that oil.
0: Yeah. In fact, I saw him. I love that kid so much. But that's. I mean, I'd be <laughs> devastated if he died. But I guess the thing is, is that you know, uh, Capuano called me. Um, our our friend Mike. Yeah. Um, called me and let me know, and I was like, Wow, that's you know, it's terrible. You know, it's a, a loss and what have you. But I guess. I guess I, I feel guilty that I don't feel as bad as everybody else. I don't feel, it's like I'm, it's like I, I don't feel like I'm supposed to feel. Hmm. Um, and it's not that I don't care. I mean, I feel miserable for his mother. I mean, having to watch her to fucking bury your kid is horrible for his sister, for all the people whose lives he touched, but I just didn't, it didn't impact me the way But, but, you know, other people's deaths who have been in my life haven't impacted me in that fashion. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm callous or if I'm processing it wrong or.
1: Yeah, that's so weird. Uh, Death is a weird thing though. Like, um, I am not really much of a crier, Mm -hmm. but like, that's one of those things that even if I'm not super close to somebody, like I can definitely feel for their family And, like, when uh, my Uncle Steve died recently, I went to his funeral, and my aunt, who was married to him, was there. And I gave her a hug, and I just about lost my shit. Like, it wasn't easy for her. Right. And I could just tell, and, like, everybody's like, I'm so sorry, and blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't even get those words. I was just like, give me a hug. Yeah. Give her a hug, and I'm like, you know, you're great. That's it. What what else is there to do or say? Like, right. I don't want to be be a liar and pretend that I was somebody to this person that I'm not or that I wasn't. So maybe maybe that's what it
0: is. I mean, when you know, I I I was something to Rick when you know for a long time, but then I no longer was, and we became estranged, and you know
1: i don't know i I think that's fair though like i, I think that's a very fair thing and it, so i was having a conversation with jason jason's actually the one that called me and told yeah. me he's like hey are you going you- saturday yeah all right yeah. me too uh, i mean i'm going after work but yeah me too but jason calls me and he's like hey just wanted to let you know and i was like fuck dude that sucks yeah i'm sorry because he was closer to Rick than oh, I yeah, was. Oh, yeah, no,
0: no. First, he and Capuano, yeah. I, I think,
1: are going to be the guys who are you know most affected by the situation. Yeah. With Brent Goad. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. And then I was thinking about it tonight because I was looking on his mem- – like, they made a memorial page for him. And it was really sweet. And there's a dozen stories or more up there now about right. how you know Rick had done this and that and the other and uh, like, I was gonna go post one, and I'm like, I don't think that's really fair for me to do, right? Um, because like, he was a fixture there for me, and like, uh, most of my interaction with him was when I had become a clerk, and it was always positive And like, he was always extremely knowledgeable. Yeah, he and, knew his shit, man. And he was always willing to share that knowledge yeah. with anybody. And even after he didn't work there, um, he was still there for the customers, and that that impacted me in a big way. And like, I think. I think it's funny. I think uh, one of the biggest impacts that you can have on somebody is in passing. Like in passing, you have the ability to completely make somebody's day with something small, or just sharing a little bit of something. And he was somebody that was extremely gifted. You. So when that. you
0: when you say in passing, in you passing, mean in, in just in simple interactions. Just yeah, simple encounters. You don't mean in
1: passing in away. Dying. Yeah. Correct. Um, I'm pretty stupid. And so I needed the no, 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 that's fair. Cause that, that could easily have been. Yeah. Somebody else listening.
0: Way. I mean, nobody listening is as,
1: is as stupid as I am, but
0: somebody was like, wait, are you talking about? Dying? No, no, no. So in passing
1: is, is in en passant. A, a basic human interaction with somebody mm. like, and that, that's something that that man was extremely gifted with because in passing, he yeah. could be anybody's Fuck, and best he could friend. Remember
0: anybody's
1: name. It's impressive. It, it was, it was uncanny. It was incredible. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he was just one of those people that was good with that. And, like, I, th- that's something that I had kind of started thinking about tonight. So I, I reached out to Jason and I'm like, hey, you know, we should do an Entertain the Geeky episode about him. I don't – we don't have to post it or anything. Like, we could just send it to his family just to let them know. Like, interview a bunch of different people right. and stuff like that. I think that might be nice for them. And he messages me back and he's like, no, I think that's – we were friends with him. He's like, so yeah. I think it's appropriate. I think it's a great idea. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I just don't want it. I don't want it to be something that's for attention. For yeah, anything you're, other you're, than you him. don't want to be seen as an op as as an opportunist. I'm like, oh, a friend died. Listen to our show. Well, it's not be seen as an opportunist. I don't want to be an opportunist. If that makes sense, I really don't give a shit about so, what
0: anybody thinks. There. So here's the thing: if you guys do entertain the geeky, uh huh. And you talk about Rick and the impact that Rick had specifically about geek culture, particularly about comic books, and you do it in a reverent way. That's not opportunistic or, or shitty at all. It's you honoring a friend who passed, honoring someone who actually impacted your life, who you actually met and encountered on a regular basis, unlike, you know, Jack Kirby or Stan
1: Lee. Well, he was just one of those people that, like, here in St. Louis, was very impactful in the geek community. Yeah, like, absolutely. He had a lot that he didn't introduce a lot of folks yeah. too. So that's a that's a big deal and a feather in his hat. And yeah, I I think that's something to be celebrated. And I think if we could share that with his family or something like right. that, then um, that's why I'm like, we don't even yeah. have to air it. Fuck, Rick died before Tim Meehan died. Yeah, and Tim Tim Meehan.
0: I mean, I thought he was gonna die years ago with all the health problems he's had. Fuck, he, he died before Dave Wallace. A heart attack killed Rick Tess and hasn't killed Dave Wallace. Yeah.
1: How do you feel about that?
0: Well, I don't want anybody to die. So, so here's the thing. I, I don't want people to die. I don't want people to suffer. I just am not impacted by their passing to the same degree that other people are. Now, but I hadn't seen, like I said, I hadn't talked to Rick. I hadn't seen him in years. And, when, and it's difficult to talk about. But when I became the general manager of, of the fantasy shop, I don't know. I don't even think I want to have this conversation on the air. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But
1: it just, it, it put a wedge between you guys.
0: It put, it put a wedge between us and you know, and then him leaving the company, that situation was rough and just our relationship was never the same after that. That's fair. Yeah.
1: I think that's normal too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very normal, but no, I feel for the dude. Yeah, I don't know. I want his family. I want
0: to. I, I I guess here's where I'm confused. I understand that that memorials, wakes, remembrances, those sorts of gatherings are for the people. They're for the living, not for the dead. Yeah, it's for the living to to share and to grieve and. And I guess that's where I, I feel like a fraud. I don't, I don't have grief to share. Right. And, and, and I want to be there for people for them to share their grief. I want to be there for people to, to, to unload, but I don't have that. So it's difficult. It's difficult to sympathize.
1: You're a sociopath. (laughs)
0: <laughs> how many how many episodes have you been waiting to
1: say these words to me every single time you talk about death i've heard you say i just don't care yeah <laughs> i just don't care yeah. and now i'm just like oh yeah
0: look at that <laughs> i mean i don't i <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I am. Maybe something's wrong with me. And that's what I was saying to my wife. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe something's wrong. Maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me. And you're a sociopath. (laughs) You're not a psychopath, but you're a sociopath for certain. I am not a sociopath. I care about people and people's feelings. I have an
1: EQ that is off the chart. It's annoying to you that other people are feeling.
0: No, it is not annoying to me. No. You know what? Oh, television shows fucking make me cry. Okay. Spoiler alert. And the most recent season of Veronica Mars, the greatest television show ever. And the most recent season, her husband, Veronica's husband, Logan, gets killed in a car bomb. And they play this tape from one of his therapy sessions where he talks about you know, is it weird to want to marry someone because you respect them and goes into how much he loves Veronica and why I fucking balled like a baby. Yeah. Like a goddamn baby.
1: That's because you like the idea of being loved. I, I, you have to be the object of love.
0: I am. god.
1: (laughs) You sociopath. I hate you. Sociopaths don't need to be the object of love. Sociopaths don't feel love. Sociopaths have to be the center of their own universe. But then I am a sociopath. Oh, absolutely. God damn, I hate you so much. No, it's it's death is such a weird thing. Yeah, it 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 impacts people differently. Um I think for you, I don't has anybody that you've been close to died? Uh, never. Never. And I think that's probably where it's tough for you. Never. I mean my wife almost died once, but I'm sure you would have been fucking shattered though.
0: Oh uh, I was I was I was I was in, I was a wreck man. And I'm sure
1: it would have been worse if she would have died. No, I
0: don't know what I would do, but you know, it's funny now at that time, I thought, man, I would, I would be utterly destroyed if she died. And now considering the course of our relationship in the last 12 months, now I'm like, I don't even know if I want to still be married.
1: Wow. If something were to happen to her right now, I think it would destroy you. I hope it would. Who else are you close to? Nobody. That's bizarre. (laughs) I'm close to my toy soldiers. No. Because I I can build them and shape them into (laughs) Mike's image.
0: No, it's it's not that... I don't, I, I don't know. Now, I don't know why this, I. why, why is this focusing on me? Let's talk
1: about you. <laughs> I'm just worried about you.
0: Why? Why are you worried I'm about I'm worried me? about
1: mankind yeah. because of you.
0: <laughs> about mankind? Yes. Uh, speaking of which, did you read the El Paso Shooters uh, manifesto? No. Uh, fascinating. I mean, he's a monster and, and his behavior was abhorrent and my heart goes out to the people who lost loved ones. But it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was weird. It was, it was weird. But
1: anyway. Well, no. So this is, this is one of those places where I'm totally happy letting a monster be a monster. I don't need a backstory or anything like that. And it's, it's solely because everybody has the ability to be completely evil. Here's where, here's why it was important to me.
0: This is the first document of this kind that I have ever read. Um, And it had become, you know, it's, it's been politically topical for a long time now. And I was, I was interested because two shootings happen, in the same, you know, within the same 24 hour period, one done by somebody who is, you know, an avowed Trump supporter, one who is, so one, one who's on the right and one who's on the left. And how it was handled in the media. And so I wanted to understand the motivation of these individuals. And if, the Dayton shooter had a manifesto. I would have read his as well, but I wanted to, we talk about why do these things happen? And if the actual psychopath puts in their own words, this is why I did these things. If you want to understand their motive, that to me seems like step one.
1: So anyway, well, see, for me, I don't care about motive. Like when people are like, you should read mine Kempf. Why? Like there's. I truly believe there is no reason for me to delve into the mind of a psychopath. And part of it's because... You've like, been talking to me for the last half hour. There's there's nothing in myself that I would like to uncover through that. Hmm. Like, I would not like to find some piece of me in there. See, I don't... It wasn't
0: about finding a piece of me. It was, it was about understanding why the fuck would somebody do
1: something so awful? Well, and that that's trying to relate to it. You're looking for a piece of yourself in that. No,
0: I'm not looking for a piece of myself. I'm, I'm trying to understand their specific motivation. Like, Hey, I carved up these hookers. I mean, if, if Jack the Ripper had a manifesto and said, Hey, here's why I carved up these hookers. Cause I had mom issues. Yeah. But he was like, and here's I, that, that I think is fascinating. I, yeah. I think there is value to it.
1: I don't. Hmm. Um, are we still friends? Yeah. I, I think there, like in the again, if you, you, you die tomorrow, I might cry. You know, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. I don't think you'd give a shit. Like, I think you'd be like, <laughs> I would be. You'd d- be like, Oh, Chris is gone. I'd be I devastated. I mean, I mean, okay.
0: I mean, you know, Tara would be invited to join our thruple,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might my, my own undoing is something that I've given a good amount of thought to. And when you say your own undoing, you mean committing suicide, not committing suicide, but dying like Ah. my my departure from this world is something that I've given a lot of thought to. And like there is this egotistical part of me that wants to think that a lot of people would show up and have nice things to say. Hmm. I've not really left that. Hmm. Um, I think there would be a couple of people that would have a few positive things to Uh, say.
0: I would show up and I would say many positive things.
1: Well, I appreciate that. But, like, I wouldn't – honestly, the thing that I would want out of it at this point in my life is that I would want my sons to be better for it, Um, whatever that might be. Like, ultimately, I would prefer to go out in some blaze of glory defending my family or something like that from a pack of wild dogs or something that's completely unrealistic. What will probably happen is I'll probably get cancer or something like that be in a car accident and – it'll it'll be something stupid like that. Hmm. And uh I hope that there is something to be missed, but I also hope that what I leave behind is people that are strong enough to take something from it, maybe get something good out of it and live, like just get on with their life. See, I
0: I don't I don't feel that way about my own inevitable demise. I mean, I contemplate suicide all the time and, you know, God forbid something did happen to me, I think people would be upset, but I think it would be a flash in the pan. I think that people would be upset for a short period of time and, you know, six, 12 months later, it wouldn't be a
1: thing that people thought about anymore. I think that's normal. Like, I don't think I would be a thing that my kids thought about much ever after that. Like, I think... Isn't that that fucking depressing? No. Why? No. Like, I honestly, the only thing that I could hope for is that I put strong people out into the world that are strong and fruitful and do well.
0: So, you're there and I care because you're there, but you're not there anymore and I don't care because you're not there.
1: Okay. Okay. I think that's normal.
0: Oh, well, so, so I'm normal. I'm not a sociopath. I'm you normal. You never cared. Um, Stop it. I did. Oh, Jesus
1: Christ. I'm. Ugh. No, like, OK. I'm going to put that bundle of bananas up your butt. I don't. I don't think anybody. I don't think it's hit close enough to home for you. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I'm 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 scared, though, that it never will.
1: Well, and that's that's when you would have to worry. Like if there's. If you never lose somebody that means something to you, like maybe you didn't love enough.
0: Like okay, if my sister called me tomorrow and said that my mom would die, I would feel the same way as I did about Rick's death.
1: Your relationship with your mother wasn't great though, ever. And like if listeners go back and listen to the show, yeah. They're not going to hear positivity about her. Okay. Sociopath. <laughs> you were just waiting you were just you were just waiting for an opportunity i wasn't you're a fucking liar you just keep presenting it you're like hey hey if somebody dies i feel nothing at all no that's not true i feel ah yeah so with you (laughs) i sound like a dick with you you care more about the love story than you do the end of the story yeah yeah I think that's fair in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, okay. 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 I think I think that's fair in a lot so of ways. So I'm not a monster, not a complete monster. <laughs> Fucking evil. <hate> yes, you. <laughs> a complete monster, I am no. I'm not evil.
0: What have I done that is evil?
1: Not cared. It, here. Okay. It's it's so easy to be like, "Oh fuck, now I got to go deal with this person's funeral, whatever." Like that's that's selfish. Um I never said I wasn't selfish. Well, at every human being has sociopathic tendencies that doesn't make you a sociopath. Uh you said I was a sociopath. I know, I'm just being malicious. But you've uh, you're a doctor. I am a doctor.
0: So, I mean, you Okay, do you, well, I guess you're right. Yeah, you need you're a you sociopath You know what? You need to fucking pick. We you need to put you either... down, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Look, my <laughs> my clinical opinion is you should be heavily medicated, maybe, sed- maybe sedated. You know, I am medicated, and I worry that it
0: doesn't make enough of a difference. Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> like here. I told you at the beginning,
0: I told you at the beginning of this episode that I was just going to say shit that I regret.
1: Well, if you regret it, then you feel bad for it. I don't feel bad. There's something redeeming about it.
0: You know what? I don't feel bad about it. I will feel irritated and inconvenienced by the consequences of my words. Really? Yeah.
1: So (laughs) for me, like it's not so much the consequences of my words that I'll feel bad about. It's the impact of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to negatively impact somebody with something that I've said.
0: I, I don't want to hurt people i don't want people to be hurt i don't want that but i also feel a strong obligation when we do things like that to be as is to be
1: honest to be as honest as i can be well i mean i i think that's good like i think that's trying if you're trying to be truthful i think that's a very good yeah. thing and you could like you said you could go out there and you could lie about somebody's departure impacting you and that's not it doesn't do that person or anybody else any kind of justice yeah
0: and it's not that i wouldn't care i mean there are people listening to this show right now who i consider friends and i would be impacted if they passed
1: i was not close to my great uncle gordon um, uh, Gordon Shumway? No, Parsons. Gordon. Gordon put him in stitches. Gordon Parsons. Did, and, did uh, was but any did ta- he eat cats? anytime I would see him, he'd be like, "Hey, ugly." And oh yeah, it was it, like it was. I hate that with guy because you're fucking beautiful. It was with a smile and it was in good nature and like it was any interaction that I had with him was positive and there was a lot that I could take from that and like in that there's a lot that I can learn and a lot that I can try to put into the world. And I think that's what's important when somebody goes away.
0: Okay. And here's what it is. He impacted you. You were more than acquaintances. Yeah. My concern about myself is, is that even my closest relationships
1: were just acquaintances. Do you think that comes from a place where you're afraid to invest in people? I I don't know. This is a very odd episode. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I... Like the more, okay, so the the more detached we get from people. And that's something that is more and more prevalent now. Like we're less and less attached to people and less and less attached to the impact that one individual has on another. And everything is so large scale that we, I don't think we value things that we should. And like losing a member of the tribe doesn't mean what it would mean if the tribe was smaller and i think that's i think that's a problem that we have and i think it's important that when we lose a member of our tribe we take a moment to reflect and basically find a way to grow from it and to take the good that that person did and continue to push that out into the world and that's i mean that's really like my my whole Thought of death at this point is okay, so somebody goes like you if if this person meant anything to you at any point in time, it's important that you project the good things that they did into this world to the utmost of your ability hmm. like do do something profound it not even in remembrance of them but so that the world can share in on that good thing that they brought to it and i think that's kind of what we should push for when one of our own goes away and i think that's why you should celebrate somebody's life rather than mourn their death like it it mourning is a very natural thing and it's normal and you're gonna be upset and hurt if somebody that you love dies but like that's not going to do any kind of good just being in a state of grief for forever. So to get to a place to where you can show the world how bright that person was in your life and how bright their life can be because of that is good.
0: Do you think that people post things on social media when someone dies out of a sense of obligation or putting on airs?
1: I think, I think that happens. I think more so than anything, it's, posted because we all have an outlet now that we shouldn't like Hmm. if you have a thousand friends on Facebook you were never meant to interact with that many people right so you have a voice that's heard basically by a thousand people and you were only meant to have 150 people or less in your life Uh, if you're going from this tribal standpoint which is why I'd say if somebody from your tribe is gone like if one of your people leaves like you got to put that good out there that they did and like you learn from the shit that they weren't perfect that you know the bad so that's that's my whole thought process on it at this juncture and like with you know Rick going that's that's a member of the tribe for for us and for a lot of people who were involved in the nerd culture and that was shit before it was cool. Like oh yeah, it, no, it, for it's, sure. It's a cool thing now. And a <clears throat> lot of people are engaged in that escapism and, uh, the, the ones that have been there for a long time, like it, it's really important, I think to celebrate those who, uh, kind of paved the way for you. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I got. Hmm.
0: Fascinating. Fascinating. No, it, it 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 is because I I guess, I guess for me, it's a matter of I I I don't know. I, I don't, it's going to sound glib, but I guess it's a matter of immediacy. Like people that I am in contact with now, their deaths would impact me more than people that were influential to me who I'm no longer in general contact with.
1: So uh, my uncle Gordon, like I hadn't seen the guy in a while.
0: Did he put you in stitches?
1: Yeah. Um, No, (laughs) but I hadn't seen the guy in a while. And like one of my kids was sick when, uh, when it was time for his funeral, I didn't attend his funeral. Um, But like it, it doesn't change the fact that somebody whom I cared for dearly who loved me dearly was greatly impacted by him and that my interactions with this person were showing me to be light-hearted and to treat people in in a way that would make them feel good and make them feel like they like they mattered like you know my whole my whole job is to make somebody feel good about making a purchase like that's that's what I do so I I, and I I guess I'm fortunate because you know I had somebody that their whole thing was okay well I want to make sure you guys feel good because I care about you so I'm going to joke with you I'm going to be playful and it's awesome Hmm. so that's that's what I want to take from it
0: I'll tell you what I think that I would be if i if I looked at my life right now, I think that if something happened to my mother in law, the tremendous and awful impact it would have on my wife that that would be hard that would really get me because I hate to see her upset. I hate that. I can't, it's just too hard. I think that would
1: be, that would be rough. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And it's honest. You're you're not like, oh, she's the whole world to me, but somebody that is the whole world to you hurting, like that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, it's it's awful. And you don't want that. No, I, I don't want that. Uh, so then leading into the whole, I don't even know if I want to be married thing.
0: Yeah. Well that, okay. All right. You know what? We've alluded to it so many times. So my wife had an affair. And the hardest part about that was her telling me and to see how hurt she was by hurting me. And that's the most challenging thing is to see how upset it makes her. I fucking hate that. I hate that more than the betrayal. I really do.
1: That's interesting. Like, I don't... I don't know how to make heads or tails of that. Yeah. Uh, And I guess your love for her is remarkable then. Because, like, the fact that you're upset that she's upset, even though you should be upset with her, or most people would be upset with their spouse in that scenario. Well, I think both are true. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I think that's kind of remarkable. Yeah. And I don't... I don't know, this will probably get edited out. Why?
0: You give the people what they want. And what the people want is
1: <coughs> honesty, Chris. Maybe. Maybe what the people want is the same thing that you want. And they want a happy ending. Um, they want their their uh, pedestal to have something on. They,
0: they want to mythologize people. But... Maybe people want what you espouse and people want unvarnished, brutal truth. Maybe. I don't want that, but I'm a sociopath. So (laughs) what I want is to live in a world of facade and perception,
1: not reality. Do you think that has anything to do with being an escapist? Yeah, for sure. For sure? Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, you know, my wife and I even had a deal, and this is the thing when, when she told me, the thing that made me, we're we'll after to do a whole episode about this, um, the thing that made me so upset is that I told her once, if something like this ever happened, I just can't know. I actually don't care if it happens <coughs> as long as I don't know. So did you suspect when you had that conversation? Never? Never. Never, never, not once. Now, when I came home and she was distraught and I was like, okay, something something big happened.
1: But do you think she was going to not let you know? Because here... The only reason she told me... Is because... Because she had to, because he was stalking
0: her. In fact, he gets out of jail uh, in seven days. A week from today, he gets out of jail. Yeah. And
1: do you think she would have honored your wishes of yeah telling you yeah do you think you would have been better for it
0: yes absolutely i would have been better for it our marriage would have been better for it abs of fucking
1: if you didn't have the hurdle to overcome yeah i think tough times are something that's put there or something not that's put there but just something that you have to get through and like i think I think it's natural to want the path of least resistance. I don't think it's beneficial.
0: Okay, so here we go. So this is going to sound douchey and pretentious, but there's a great quote in the movie The Crow, where this woman, you know, is doing heroin, and the yeah, you yeah. quoted it last yeah. episode. Oh, so, uh, did I really last? Fuck, I'm. You've quoted it like three I'm, times. I'm drunk. I'm not drunk, but anyway, the point. The point is, is that. My mother was not the person who cared for me, who who nurtured and protected. My father, whose fucking job it is to protect you from the world, didn't do that. So the one person who I expected to be different than everybody else just
1: shit on me too. See, I have to disagree to an extent here like it's not a parent's job to protect you from the world it's a parent's job to prepare you for the world
0: okay so
1: okay my dad
0: asshole last time he was in the country we went to breakfast like the the day he was flying out of the country and we talked about the abuse that my mother would visit upon us both physically Verbally, mentally, and my dad's explanation as to why he never stepped in—not that he didn't know it was happening, because he did—he didn't think that it was any of his business. I almost came across the table at him.
1: And i I think that's a very fair thing to feel. If terror was hitting your kids, what would you do? Oh, I would. I would intervene. Yeah. Cause it's your fucking job as their father. I agree. Okay, I'm not saying that your parents were completely right, but I also can't put my kids in a bubble.
0: You can't, but you can protect them from their mother. Oh, I could
1: absolutely. And here, I you cannot cheat on your wife. I can do those things, and that's what I. Seems should do. pretty fucking basic to me. I agree. I don't think that you're completely wrong there, but I also think that.
0: You're, I'm not I, – I, I I'm not just not completely wrong. I'm not any
1: wrong. I don't think it's – I don't think you're doing your kid any favor if you – you're going to show your children cruelty in some way, shape, or form. In some way, you are going to damage your offspring. It's inevitable. Okay? Every parent fucking does it. And, like, that's the scariest thing about being a parent. Like, I am harsh with my words. I'm harsh to everybody with my words including my wife and kids because you're a sociopath probably um (laughs) but the world wouldn't be kind to my children if i let them run around acting like cunts either so like let's say my kids are doing something wrong okay just blatant assholeism technical term i'm a doctor (laughs) and uh Let's say they're going out, they're being a total prick, and I allow that to happen. And I am in no way shape or form, harsh. I would not be in any way preparing them for the world because you, what would realistically you, happen is they would do it to somebody and somebody could p- potentially destroy
0: them. You cannot possibly conflate discipline and education and preparation with abuse. You just can't.
1: I they're saying, not the same thing. I agree. I completely agree. And I'm not saying that they're the same. I'm saying that it's such a it, – it's – being a parent's fucking hard. Yeah, that's why I didn't do it. it. It's really fucking hard. And in no way, shape, or form am I giving any kind of a tip of my hat to your parents or anything like that because I'm not – I don't agree with – Uh, You just
0: wrote down on a piece of paper how great my fucking parents were. Yeah. I I, I jotted it down
1: (laughs) with a fucking quill. Um, (laughs) I dipped it in ink and I began to inscribe on this paper. What a positive impact. that. No, but they fucking showed you a lot that was wrong with the world. And like, I'm not saying that was deliberate. It's just what happened. I'm...
0: My mother was abusive and horrible. My father didn't care. And I expected my wife to be different.
1: You expected her to be perfect.
0: No, I expected her to not cheat on me.
1: And that's fair. Here, I've said on the show a bajillion times that I think that is completely inexcusable. Then why are we arguing? We're not arguing. I think you're gonna have to check the tape. <laughs> no, I think we're I think we're sharing ideas. But as I, I as I say something that's argumentative, no, we're sharing ideas. We're not arguing. You shut up. Um, you shut your whore's mouth. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think her making a mistake is the one thing that has to be what unravels everything. Do I think it changes everything? Absolutely. But okay. the only, the the nature of the world is unchanging and yeah. it's unforgivable.
0: Okay. So or we, unforgiving. we don't, we don't have the time to get into this on this episode. We're going to have to revisit this at another time. Yeah. Like next week. Yeah. Because so, so here's the situation. Okay. A one night stand is one thing. Mm hmm. A year-plus-long relationship is another thing.
1: Yeah. And in the whole thing, she didn't want you not to be there. Yeah, she just didn't want to be with me. Is that what she said? No. Because it sounds like she fucking wanted to escape whatever reality was there and this is after she had been shot up and all this yeah. shit. I I get that. I get the desire for escapism. I think I think the mode of doing so was wrong. Yeah. And I do I think the the means justifies the end? No. Yeah. No. Not not in the slightest. I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh no, no, it's not the end of the world. Not at all. And I I don't necessarily know that it has to be the termination of your relationship because clearly you still care very deeply for your wife, and that's one of those things that even since this has happened and or come to light rather, it's still been something that you've been like, hey, I still care about you. Of course, no, of course, no, because I mean, because I, I'm I'm not a monster. Of course, I still care about. I don't. It. I don't think it would make you a monster if you said, man, fuck you, I don't want to be with you. Like I, I think that's a very fair reaction too. I th- but
0: I, I but. <sighs> I think it's – I think that that would be – it would be irrational. Why? I think it would be natural. Because here's what happens with people in relationships. People people go through their relationships and then something bad happens and everything becomes about that bad thing. And so they are unable to see the good – And all the years and time and effort that they spent on that relationship, there was so much good that happened. Yes, something terrible occurred and yes, you have to work through it. But it doesn't invalidate all of the good that has happened in that relationship up to that point or the potential good for the future of that relationship.
1: Yeah. I'm in agreement. I fucking hate you.
0: I I hate when you get that, that, that right there. That fucking smug look. Oh my god. I just I just want to smash your perfect fucking chiclet yeah. teeth. Perfect chiclet teeth. God damn it.
1: Um No I Do
0: you want this week's word of wisdom? Yeah, what do you got? This comes from the geniuses that are modest mouse. No one really knows the one they love. If you knew
1: everything they thought, I bet you just wish they'd shut up. So if you knew everything they thought, are they speaking it then?
0: Why are you shitting on my word of wisdom and the brilliance? You're shitting on it. I'm just pondering what they had said. What they're saying is, is that you don't really know the people that you love. If you did, if you knew everything that they thought, you just want them to shut the fuck up.
1: Do you ever want yourself just to shut the fuck up?
0: (laughs) Oh, I hate you.
1: (laughs) Well, no, like the worst thing in the world is being alone with your own thoughts. Is it? Oh my goodness, yes. No. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I love it. I hate it. It's the scariest thing. Scariest thing. I love it. You ever think about your suicide note? No, Mm. no, I did recently because, you know, I'm thinking about all these family members dying and stuff like that. And uh, I did think like I I had some thoughts on death and stuff like that. And I'm like, I should jot these down. in in hopes that, uh, you know, my my family would read them and maybe take something from them. But ultimately, like that's I feel like that's so egotistical of me. It's, it's bizarre. Like I, I silence myself on a lot of those things and i I'll let my thoughts just be my thoughts and they'll come and they'll go. And that's that. But I, I think about death so much. I, I care
0: what you think. I do. I care what other people think. I don't care what I think.
1: Hmm. We can end it there.